Hello, boxing fans around the world. Welcome to another episode on Talking Fight featuring Christian from the Friday Night Panel and his ongoing exploration of the Olympics, in particular, boxing. What have you found out today, Christian? Uh, well, a couple of things on today's docket. Um, we have heard from another one of our uh, Canadian national team based on the cancellation of the America's qualifier that was scheduled for Buenos Aires. So uh, we've heard a little bit from Wyatt Sanford now. The 22-year-old from Cook, Nova Scotia, has now returned home uh, to return to his home province uh, from his training in Quebec after the upcoming Olympic qualifier event in Argentina was canceled for the second time now in uh, in a row. He was quoted as saying, due to, the co due to COVID cases in South America, it was just deemed unsafe for the tournament to happen. So instead of entering into the boxing ring in Buenos Aires with the rest of the team and competing for his right to uh, go to the Olympics, he is now, at this point, he's going to have to wait for a decision coming from the International Olympic Committee along with everybody else. And uh, they're going to be deciding spots uh, for the Tokyo Games, much the same way as what we're going to be seeing for the cancelled world qualifier. So Sanford went on to say, if they select me now, it's because of my past success. Uh, Sanford did finish in the top 10 in the welterweight division, that's 69 kilograms for anyone who's keeping score, at the last world championships, but that was held two years ago at this point in time in Russia. So he went on to say, but it would be a lot better feeling knowing that you fought and earned that spot. You know, if for some reason I don't get selected to go, then it would suck that much more. Sanford and the uh, rest of Canada's top amateur boxers have been limited to training uh, together for the last uh, year or so now, with all international competitions being uh, in a holding pattern as countries around the world continue to deal with the global COVID-19 pandemic. The selection committee will have to base its decision on previous rankings and results from the last two or three years. Again, we're going to see, I think, very similar to what we're going to see is going to be rankings back to 2017, same as we're doing for the canceled world qualifier. So Sanford says, when I head back to Quebec in a couple of weeks' time, they should have an answer for me on whether I've qualified or not. If I qualify, I'll start preparing for the Olympics. And if I'm not qualified, at least I'll still be in Montreal to work with my teammates as a training partner. Sanford said that he has always dreamed of representing Canada at the Olympic Games. And if he isn't selected for the Tokyo Games, he says he's still young enough that he could, theoretically, still shoot for the 2024 Games uh, in Paris. He did say that the selection decision did have a huge impact for some of his older teammates with the national program, as it could be their last chance to go to the Olympics. So it's another one of our athletes weighing in. He's uh, sitting in limbo at this point in time, guys. Uh, like everyone else, hopefully uh, we'll, see, we'll be able to see Sanford box at the Olympics, but uh, we're going to be waiting on a decision based on rankings from him. Moving along, though, into uh, the games themselves, a little away from boxing, into the games themselves. Athlete protests and political messaging will remain banned at these Olympics, the IOC said uh, on Wednesday. Now, this was after a survey found that the majority of competitors were in favor of keeping the ban in place. So this isn't a new thing. This ban is just upholding the current ban. So this means things like raising a fist on the podium, like American sprinters Tommy Smith and John Carlos did famously at the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, or taking a knee during the anthem, would still risk punishment at the Tokyo Games this year. 
The IOC said that it had surveyed 3,500 athletes over the past year, and that 70% said it was not appropriate to demonstrate or express their views on the field of play or at the opening or closing ceremonies. The survey also showed that 67% of respondents disapproved of podium demonstrations as a whole. The IOC has not said what consequences athletes may face for protesting, but a proportionate range of punishments will be drafted before the games, said uh, Christy Coventry, who represents the athletes on the IOC executive board. Smith and Carlos, it should be noted, were both expelled from the 1966 Olympics after their salute. So the upholding of Rule 50 of the Olympic Charter, which prohibits, and there's a quote here, demonstration or political, religious, or racial propaganda, end quote, at the Games, puts the IOC now at odds with uh, Olympic officials in the U.S. The U.S. Uh, Olympic and Paralympic Committee said back in December that it will not take action if athletes raise their fists or kneel during national anthems at their events or their trials before Tokyo. The American Olympic body, which uh, induct, did, did induct Smith and Carlos into the Hall of Fame into, in 2019, eased its stance after athletes asked for the rights to express themselves on racial and social justice issues. And while the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee guidelines allow athletes to wear apparel showing phrases such as Black Lives Matters, the language is more limited on the IOC guidance, which they published on Wednesday. Approved words on t-shirts and elsewhere in Tokyo are peace, respect, solidarity, inclusion, and equality. The IOC said, uh, uh, that was according to the IOC. Now, Coventry, who is a former Olympic swimmer uh, and champion herself, uh, who's now the sports minister of Zimbabwe, said that the survey and research conducted by the IOC Athletes Commission was guided by independent experts on human rights and social sciences. The IOC research uh, conducted Oh, sorry, consulted officially, and this is worth noting, consulted officially recognized and athlete panels, athletes panels from national Olympic committees and sports governing bodies. So this is a process that did restrict input from individual activist athletes as they were only, uh, panel, only uh, asking the questions of officially recognized bodies. Other concessions uh, agreed on Wednesday included adding reference to inclusion and equality in the Olympic oath, which will be read out at the opening ceremony in Tokyo on July 23rd. So a couple of changes coming uh, from the IOC, or I guess not changes, I, I should say, uh, upholding uh, the status quo. And, you know, so that is going to be met with some resistance, definitely in the U.S. and probably a little bit on our, from our own athletes as well, standing in solidarity with uh, our cousins to the south. But at the same time, the whole phenomena of the, you know, kneeling at the uh, national anthem and things like that has been very much a North American uh, phenomenon. From, from what we've been seeing here, or at least it started off as very a strongly Western and North American phenomenon. So the fact that it's not necessarily being embraced on a global level isn't necessarily surprising. So I'm hoping we don't see anything too crazy coming from the uh, IOC. I don't want to see, hear any news about the athletes getting expelled for, uh, for voicing their opinions on things. But, you know, fingers crossed, we'll have to see how that all plays out. 
taking a quick look now over to the AIBA, they had some pretty big news and some announcements that came out over the last little while. The AIBA board of directors met yesterday now in person as well as online to discuss and approve some key reforms that we've been talking about over the last little while on this segment. The meeting coincided with the ongoing AIBA Youth World Championships, and it opened with an expression of concern and support for Rashad Al-Swaiset, the Jordanian boxer who was seriously injured earlier in the competition. The board of directors then considered a wide range of developments aimed at reforming the AIBA. AIBA President Umar Kremlev opened with, the AIBA's first thoughts are with Rashad Al-Swaiset, his family and teammates. We will continue to do all that we can do to support them. The, the Board of Directors all will also show its support for key AIBA reforms that are long overdue. It is vital that we take, that we make our progress in terms of our overall strategy and our governance, finances, and sporting integrity. I'm very happy that we have been able to quickly put AIBA's finances in order thanks to new sponsors, including the biggest one, our new general partner, Gazprom. We will now quickly turn our attention to securing the changes necessary to make AIBA one of the model and leading international federations. Now, on overall strategy, President uh, Umar Kremlev outlined his intention to ensure the AIBA's many and varied work streams towards reform are brought together as part of a roadmap towards a strong future for the organization and for boxing. He also outlined his commitment to ensuring that the AIBA is supported by leading external organizations and individuals with experience of successful reform in international sports leadership. So Kremlev said, we must consider thoughts and voices from both inside and outside the AIBA and boxing in order to secure our future. Now, on governance reform, AIBA has already had some success in implementing its governance, including... Uh, the size and role of the board of directors, the introduction of eligibility criteria for elected officials, and the appointment of independents to uh, important roles such as the ethics committee, disciplinary committee, R&J committee, champions and veterans committee, women's committee, as well as others. So Kremlev stated, we, we understand that to restore confidence and trust requires additional efforts. AIBA is committed to uh, to inviting independent experts to propose positive changes in order to make AIBA's governance as good an example to others. On the topic of financial integrity, uh, a finance report was presented to the board of directors reflecting the financial independence that has been secured through the signing of sponsorship agreements. Uh, a plan for the settlement of AIBA's outstanding debts was approved as part of this report. In addition, a finance committee was formed with uh, Felipe Martinez Martinez serving as representative to the board of directors, alongside two external experts, Patrick Bossard and Dieter Vicht. Kremlev reminded everybody that uh, before my election, I promised to ensure the AIBA's debts would be settled through my efforts. He then went on to say, as the leader of the AIBA team, I am very proud to welcome a company, Gazprom, that has a track record of prestigious sports sponsorship. The partnership is more than just financial, and AIBA is grateful that Gazprom will also provide the expertise that comes with its status as a world leader in the vital area of global economy, together with its social responsibility, support and participation in social projects. Moreover, all national federations will be provided with annual financial and equipment support.
the board of directors approve the criteria and procedures for this assistance. So good news all around here. So on the uh, so finally on sporting integrity, and this is kind of the big one here. The AIBA board of directors discussed uh, the previous investigation by AIBA officials into the conduct involved with those who were judging and refereeing the boxing tournament at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. President Kremlev propo proposed that a fresh investigation be conducted by an ad hoc investigation committee this time with independent oversight and involvement. The proposal was adopted. Uh, he said that when boxers step into the ring, they must have complete confidence to know that they will be treated fairly and that their efforts will be counted properly. We are already making progress in this area. For example, uh, with live scoring that we've introduced for the very first time at the AIBA Youth World Championships here in Poland. For anyone who's looking for a little bit more information on that, you can refer to as either yesterday or the day before's uh, segment on the Olympics. We actually went a little bit into depth uh, with what that scoring process is going to look like. But uh, he went on. But uh, when there are allegations of improper behavior, it is right that they be investigated with independent oversight so that there can be full confidence in the investigation. Not only should referees and judges found to have been involved in wrongdoing be sanctioned, but also management involved in such wrongdoing. Those who brought our sport into such trouble, such a troubled condition, which we are overcoming, should receive lifetime bans from boxing. We have to carry out an honest and transparent investigation. The best boxers should always win, while the AIBA should be the guarantor of such transparency and honesty. So big news coming out of the AIBA. So, you know, some updates on what they have been up to. Uh, and what they are going to be up to, uh, so the biggest one for them is going to be uh, starting off with wiping their debts clean with their big uh, announcement with Gazprom, which they did about three weeks ago, I believe, because they were somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 or $30 million in, in the hole, in the red. So I'm glad to see that they're moving on with that. And obviously, we've talked a little bit about the expansion and past of their new committees. So that's now all officially been adopted. So it's good news from them. The status quo being maintained by the IOC and one possibly very disappointed boxer in Nova Scotia. But that's what's come across my desk so far today, Graham. Fair enough. It should also be noted that uh, in 1968, when Smith and Carlos raised their fists uh, on behalf of black people who were at the time uh, in protest against uh, various civil rights, uh, Going on in America, anyway. The the on the on the bronze podium at the time was an Australian sprinter by the name of Peter Norman, and uh, he's often been uh, mentioned as a forgotten uh, hero, quite frankly, for for having to stand silently uh, while the protest was going on. So I just thought I'd quickly mention that because it's, it's if you Google it, it's quite an interesting story. I mean, the fellow uh, passed away a few years ago, but uh, you know his, his legacy is is widely upheld in in Australia, for example, where he's from but often mentioned, not mentioned uh, around the world uh, for someone who uh, should have been recognized but wasn't really, given the protests that went on. I don't think it's appropriate for them to protest on the podium, but anyway, that's just my opinion. Uh, we do have some news from across the pond, I see, in the comments. Um, oh, just having a quick look here. Uh, yeah, that uh, both Big T as well as uh, Carl over at Last Bell Boxing there. 
are just given a couple of updates in the St. Peter's and the Petersburg uh, Governor's Cup that's currently going on. Yeah. Belladonna Niradulatov <laughs> of Kazakhstan is world champion. And Rumatov, who the Uzbek just met up in the final and are fighting as we speak in St. Petersburg. So that would be a good one to check out. If you've got the time, guys, flip over to that one. But, uh, yeah, the finals are going on there in St. Petersburg. And starting tomorrow, there'll be uh, things will be starting up in Belgrade in Serbia. And as we mentioned yesterday, our friends over at Team Great Britain will be taking place in that, taking part in that one, and uh, expecting big things from uh, the McCormick brothers. Kazakhstan one five. Oh, oh, there we go. The, so uh, Kazakhstan over the Uzbeks for that for that particular one. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the as, quarter, as we the get that finals. news, you get that news. Yeah. That's, that's we're only and they, they, yeah, sorry. And Big T just right. This is quarterfinal action that we're seeing right now from uh, okay. Saint Petersburg that we're talking about. But those are the big headlines coming across my desk this morning. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Christian. Um, uh, wow, tomorrow's Friday. Wow, this week is flying by. Um, oh, yeah. So we'll see you, we'll see you twice tomorrow at, uh, at noon for our Olympics roundup and also in the evening. Do you know who is the Serbia? Who is in Serbia? Ah, that's what I asked you yesterday, Christian. Uh, <laughs> uh, did, you, did you actually sorry, find sorry, out? Which, sorry, which, which countries are who, going who, to be yeah, who the other Yeah, who the other We'll do a quick rundown on Serbia tomorrow uh, Tomorrow when we get okay. started. We'll do a quick rundown as to who, who the entrants are and who to watch out for. Yeah. Other yeah, than the I, had, I had a quick peek uh, before we jumped on and uh, got got sidetracked down a rabbit hole of international boxing elsewhere. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, let's discuss that tomorrow. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for tuning in, and we'll see you tomorrow.